Welcome to Power BizCast with Rob Razor and Andy McSheffrey, sponsored by Cohatch of Indianapolis, the ultimate in co-working space. See them online at cohatch.com or drop by for a visit on Carroll Parkway in Hamilton Town Center of Noblesville. I'm Rob Razor, 25-year marketing veteran. And I'm Andy McSheffrey, 30 years coaching and facilitation. Our goal is to provide you an opportunity of a lifetime, information and insights for business and professional success. We do this through open conversations about topics important to you. So crank up that volume and let's jump right in. Today's topic is focus. A lot of people, when you mention the word focus, they confuse that with attention. Anybody who pays attention isn't necessarily focused. They're just paying attention. An example of that would be looking at a a room full of paintings. Okay, you see a lot of paintings. You're paying attention. You know you're in a room with a lot of paintings. But what is it you're focused on? What's the purpose of you being in that room? What do you want to have come out of that experience? What will you do to make sure that experience takes place? And do you hold yourself accountable for the end result? If you do all of that, then you become focused. And that's what we want to talk about today is those separate steps and how to maintain focus, achieve focus, and be good at always having focus. Rob, you mentioned uh, in The Matrix, a woman with the red dress. Talk about that a little bit. You know, in in the, the movie The Matrix, there's a scene where they're training the hero, if you will. And they're trying to get him to look at everything around and always be weary and focused on the enemy. And they run a woman in a red dress through the scene, and he turns and looks at her. And the, the point that we want to be able to glean from that is what is your focus, and what are you focusing on, and what causes you to lose focus? And when we look at that, we can, we can kind of back up and say, okay, there's some principles then inside of the, the, the idea of focus that we need to examine and pull out. Because there's a lot of distractions, even in focus, yeah. that we could get caught up in. Well, you know, that's a great point, because you mentioned this guy, he's learned how to focus on an enemy, a threat to his survival. And then right in the middle of this training, they have this gorgeous woman walk by in a red dress. He takes his eye off the enemy because the woman in the red dress walks by. Well, he lost focus. Now, he could blame the woman in the red dress, but it's not her fault. She wasn't there to distract him. He distracted himself. So therefore, he went in that room to learn how to deal with an enemy. Became distracted. Next thing you know, he's got a gun in his face, and it's too late to do anything. Now, he could blame the woman in the red dress, but it's not her fault. He's the one who determined to change his focus, to change what he was paying attention to. Because when he went in there, he was learning about how to deal with an enemy, how to survive in a critical situation. So his promise was, I'm going to learn how to deal with this. If I'm ever presented with this again, I'm not going to be distracted. I don't know what to deal. But then this woman walks by. And all of a sudden, he loses focus. Now, he wants to blame the woman? No. You lost focus. Not the woman. You lost focus. So let's, let's pick that apart then in a business, uh, from a business perspective. Um, you know, in marketing, we have something we call hyperfocus, and hyperfocus is zeroing in on all the characteristics, all the manual pieces that are necessary to achieve something. 
And it's usually something specific. You know, if, if I'm going to run an ad in Facebook, I want to hyper-focus on selling a specific widget to a specific group of people in a specific place and all the little pieces that go along with that. Maybe it has to be a red widget that's only so big. Whatever it is, you're hyper-focused on specific pieces of it. But your overall focus is what's important here. And that's that's what we're getting at with the, the example from the movie The Matrix. You can start with a hyper-focus, but then a series of hyper-focuses will actually build into a bigger focus. And what I mean by that is, whenever you're looking at something and you want to focus on it, you have to discuss that purpose and look towards the end before you can even take action. And so if I want to set something in motion and I want to focus on it, you know, let's say I want to be more productive in my day. I have to look at what's it look like to be more productive in my day before I can even start laying out a process to do that. So I have to look at the end. The next part then is what are you willing to do to get to that end? If I'm not willing to go through certain exercises and and eliminate certain distractions like a woman in a red dress, then I'm not really willing to achieve that end. And so my focus will then wander off. And then the last part of that is once I've developed those steps to achieve that focus and get to the end, I have to be willing to keep the first things first. I can't get them out of order and expect that the result's going to be anything positive. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, it was like when I wrote my book. You know, it was only less than 100 pages. And I should have been able to do it in between six months to a year tops. And I got into it. And I started writing it. And I had the focus. Well, I was going to write this book. I was going to put it out. And it was going to be something I would be proud of. Well, part way into the book, I started realizing how difficult it's going to be. And how I started losing faith in myself because I saw how difficult it was and I didn't think I was going to be able to get to that point. So I would shrink back from it. I'd procrastinate. I'd make excuses. Oh, I had to do this today. I had to do that today rather than just focus on the book. So, but eventually I got the book written. I had help. I called people up. They gave me their ideas. I had two people edit for me. It was great. It came out. Now, did I get the book published? Well, a whole new set of problems comes up. And I'm thinking, oh, Christ, what do I do now? Well, finally I got through that bit. But a book that took me, should have taken me six months to a year, is now two years in the making. And I'm just now getting to that final stage. Now, was it me? Yeah, it was totally me. I became distracted for numerous reasons. I lost my promise. I forgot what my intention was. And when I did remember, I would feel kind of foolish and embarrassed by the fact that I hadn't finished it yet. And when I got it finished, I became foolish and embarrassing about getting it published. And now that I'm getting it published, now the next step is to get it out there and market it. So was there ever a point when you looked and said, hey, I've got these steps out of order in order to achieve this? Oh, totally. The plan, right? the plan and being organized and disciplined around the plan, I wasn't. I wasn't disciplined. I knew the steps were what the steps were, but I would get distracted. The woman in the red dress. <laughs> you had your own woman in the red dress. Yes, the woman in the red dress would walk through the room and I'd be following her. You know, being committed to the line of action, though, 
would indicate overall you still maintained a focus right. even though in smaller steps you you lost well smaller steps over two years yeah. you lost focus i lost focus exactly but you were still dedicated and committed to the end result yeah and so getting focus back you know much like in the movie he eventually gets his focus mm-hmm. back and moves on it's imperative then that if you feel yourself or recognize yourself starting to lose focus <laughs> or misunderstanding the steps that you work to eliminate those distractions. And that's that's the key to ownership. It's like at any time I could have quit writing that book and I had every excuse imaginable. And many people would have accepted anything that you put on the table because right. of the work you've done. Exactly. And they would have said, oh, you know, don't worry about that. But no, I made a promise to myself I was going to write this book. And each time I lost focus, I could have easily given up on that, made an excuse and walked away from it and blamed something else for the book not being written. But no, it's important in focus to own every step of the process. Even when you get out of focus, own the fact that you were out of focus and get back into it. And if you decide not to, then tell yourself you quit, you gave up. Don't make excuses for it. You know, a side point to that, attention is not the same as focus. No, it's just the very first step. Yeah. It's It's the opening phase. I can pay attention to a plane flying in the sky, but that doesn't mean I'm focused on anything in specific. For what purpose? Yeah. For what purpose? Which which is exactly where I was going. You know, you can have attention, but then your focus will actually give you purpose because you're trying then to achieve an end result. And I think the reason why this topic even came up for us to, to discuss is because we see such a lack of focus in the business world today. And in people in general. People who make, you know, when I'm coaching, the most important part is to keep people focused. That, to me, is what the purpose of a coach really is, is to keep you focused on what you're trying to attain. You know, I'm not going to do it for you. I can't tell you how to do it. But I can keep you focused to where the point is you'll learn how to do it, and you will do it. You'll succeed. The success part of that, you mentioned it briefly in, in your own story about owning the result. Yeah. Uh, go into a little more detail on what you mean by owning the result. Owning the result is taking responsibility for your actions. Don't blame, don't lay off, don't pre- create excuses because something didn't work for you. There was something you didn't do that could have changed that result. And if you're blaming other people, creating an excuse for why it happened without owning the result, then you've lost focus. When you own the result, you take full responsibility for the end result. The book could have been done within a year easily. It took me two years. I could make all kinds of excuses, but the bottom line was I procrastinated. I would lose faith in, at times and want to give up and walk away from it and create excuses for it. And I would start to do that, and I would realize, what am I doing? I'm just chickening out. You know, a, a valid point in there that that you said of owning the result that is maybe somewhat subtle, maybe not. I'll get your feedback on it. If I didn't set the ultimate end, end zone, if you will, sometimes I will have a harder time maintaining focus in owning that result. Mm-hmm. But if I have a say-so or if I set that end right. result, then it's much easier for me to own it. Anybody in any organization has to have that kind of a focus. 
well, it wasn't my idea to do this. The boss told me to do it. Well, you took the job. You took the responsibility of fulfilling your role. If he told you to do something and you agreed to do it, then do it. If at that point or at any point along the way you find it distasteful, immoral, unethical, or just don't want to do it, then make your point. Go in and tell them, I don't want to do this for whatever reason it is. Then you've owned it. You've taken responsibility. And, and that's exactly the key here of this, of this podcast. You know, what's your focus? You know, are you going to take ownership of the result, have a say-so in building the steps to that result, mm-hmm. maintaining your hyper-focus of each little instance along the way to make sure the details add up and keep the first things first to yeah, get there. Exactly. Now, one of the things that we talked about was identifying relationships that contribute to your focus. Yeah. And I think that's that's worth bearing out because many times we'll say, well, you know, I want to uh, raise revenue 20% this year for my business. And when we set up all the steps to do that, but then we don't build relationships that help with that. Instead, we just keep going along like the relationships along the way don't matter. It's just magically you're going to appear. Yeah. It, you know, the, the fact is, if you set a goal, it doesn't mean that you have to do it all necessarily on your own, but you want to make sure that you have help along the way. Well, very little is ever accomplished by you alone. Almost everything you accomplish has had help somewhere along the way. Someone's either gotten you started, supported you in creating the focus, or has helped you at some point to keep the focus going. So if you think you're doing anything on your own, you're, you're deluding yourself. And building those relationships are important to maintaining focus because you can build relationships that can distract you. And I, I know that from the book experience. I had all kinds of reasons to get distracted. Oh, I better call so-and-so today. I haven't talked to him in a while. Oh, I better go to the store and take care of this. You know, instead of saying, I better call so-and-so and say, hey, I'm having trouble with the book. Can you help me? No, I would kind of steer around that because I didn't want to own the fact that I was screwing up. Yeah, and and I would think that in the planning part of getting to the final result, that we would want to identify relationships we need to have, eliminate ones we don't need to have. Uh, And I'm not talking about people that you just like or get along with. I'm talking about people that are toxic to your focus. Mm -hmm. Um, Examining your own ability to get to the focus. You know, are there tools you need? Yeah. You know, one of the, the, the key pieces that often is missing is maybe some subtle element of knowledge. You know, what books, what study materials, what resources have you added to you, to yourself, to your repertoire to achieve and maintain that right. focus? You try to stay insulated within yourself only upon what you know, and you become very limited in what you can accomplish. Yeah. If you don't reach out and go beyond your boundaries and open up yourself to criticism and support, you're not going to go very far, and you're not going to you're not going to remain focused, because there's so much out there you're unaware of when you start into something that can create the distractions. That if you don't take advantage of the resources around you to help you get through that moment, you'll quit, you'll give up, but you'll have an excuse ready. Well, and. Removing excuses for a lack of success is a type of focus. Mm-hmm. 
anybody at any point in time should know if we're trying to achieve anything and we're focusing in on it or, or a series of things is usually how it goes. Um, you know, life doesn't revolve usually around one focus, but multiple focuses. <laughs> yeah. Um, eliminating the distractions, removing excuses will be a big part of that. And, and you know, I'll be the first to admit some of the worst excuses that hold me up are self-inflicted wounds that I just throw out there yeah, for no reason at all. They don't even need to be there. Mm-hmm. And we need to be aware of, of that in ourselves so that we truly can achieve that focus ourselves. It's important to be aware of how we create our excuses and what the intention behind the excuse is. It's mostly to let us off the hook so we don't feel bad about ourselves. And sometimes we need to feel bad about ourselves because we're not living up to who we want to be and what we want to do. We've lost focus. Yeah, and, and you know, one thing that's kind of a caveat, I think, along with that, is this incessant worrying about getting rid of distractions about your focus. What kind of circle are you creating there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, you know, it's less of a matter of worrying about doing something and more a matter of doing something. And not becoming that that distraction yourself to yourself. Worry itself is a distraction. Yeah, and so you know, I don't want to end up in circular logic here, but as we're focused on whatever it is, and we have the steps, and we have the end in sight, we know where we're going. We've made the first things first. Now we're building up relationships, resources, eliminating distractions. Let's not get caught up in worrying about doing all of that. Right. And therefore making concern about achieving the folk is the problem. That's why you have people around you for just that purpose, is to help you through those moments when you become, when you start to become distracted, either through a worry about some imaginary fear some imaginary obstacles that have come and destroy your project or your goal or whatever it is you're pursuing. If you've got people around you who can keep you away from that, you're going to be much more adept at accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And that's the whole point of focus, is to remain adept, to be able to stay true to who you are and what you want, to fulfill that promise you made, take the actions necessary to get to the end result, whether you succeed or fail. It's you. And what did you do or what did you not do? And own that. If you can own that, whether you achieved it or not, at least you remain focused. I coach um, youth soccer, and an example popped in my brain as you were saying that from that. Uh, And that is every new season, when we get into that first huddle before the first practice, the question always comes up, well, what what are we going to focus on? And they might not say it that way, but that's what they mean. What are we going to focus on for this season? And, you know, of course they want to win. Some of them want to just play with other kids. Some of them just want to be out in the weather, whatever it is. Usually if we set a focus and we say, okay, so you want to win, we can back into the hyper-focus, the steps that go into that, and hyper-focus on those steps. And then you've got personal growth. Improvement of footwork, improvement of power kicking, improvement of dribbling, improvement of walking, talking, and chewing gum, whatever whatever those are. But it's that agreement on that focus, getting that buy-in when you're in a group anyway. 
And then you've got support from everyone for each other mm -hmm. to achieve that end result. Well, that's the whole point. You know, like we said, we laid out at the very beginning. Okay, the kids come in to play soccer. Okay, that's what they're paying attention to. Now they develop an, in an intention. We're playing soccer to be a winning team. Or we're playing soccer because it's fun and we just want to have fun. Okay, if that's the goal and that's the focus, how are we going to have fun or how are we going to be the winning team? Whichever way we go, how are we going to do that? So you laid out the steps. Here's what we're going to tolerate. Here's what we're not going to tolerate. And you start putting those things into action. Now they discover fun isn't enough or winning requires too much. And they want to change the focus. Okay, if you want to change the focus, then you all need to change the focus together. Because half of you changing the focus won't work. Those of you who want to have fun won't have fun. Those of you who want to win won't win. So you all have to come to an agreement. What's the focus going to be? And from that point on, if you have to refocus, refocus. But always keep in mind the intention and the promises you're going to make towards that intention and what actions will be required to get to that end result.